Hey, teacher friends, welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, your one-stop shop for beating the teacher burnout cycle once and for all. Whether you're searching for inspiration, sustainable strategies, ways to reignite your passion for teaching, or just how to live your best teacher life without sacrificing your personal life, you are in the right place. No cookie cutter solutions here, just real, raw experiences and tips from other teachers who've been there, done that, to remind you, you are not alone. I'm Brittany, your host, a special educator at heart, instructional coach, mom slash bonus mom of five kids, and teacher burnout and sustainability strategist with my agency, Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul. I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize burnout prevention and recovery so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life inside and outside of the classroom. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, and discussing the hot topics in teacher burnout with other teachers so that you can transform your life from chaos to confidence. On this podcast, we believe in supporting and uplifting one another to heal the system from the inside out. So let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you guys know that this is the first episode in the Systemize and Simplify series, which we will be releasing two episodes per week for the next couple of weeks to really hone in on this. And here's what we're going to be doing. First of all, today we're going to be talking about how to make more time when there is no time as a teacher and what might be eating up your time as a teacher. I know you're struggling with not having enough to be able to do what you want to do. You might feel like teaching is taking over your life or your work life balance is just non-existent. And so in the second episode, I'm going to give you the three tips and steps that you can do to take back your control, elevate that energy. Because if you're anything like me, don't have a lot of energy at the end of your day. We're also going to be moving from you being in this chronic obsession with to-do lists and helping you transition into repeatable and automated systems, especially when we get busy and especially when things get busier like around the holidays or any time of the year really for teachers, we go back to what comes natural to us and I want to help you get out of that. We're going to dive into ways to automate your planning so that you can feel less stressed about the actual content. I'm going to be talking about automating the template that you use to reduce that mental overload and some of my favorite one-stop shop automations and even cover the four reasons why your systems and automations are not working to reduce your stress. And that one's a real doozy. So make sure that you're following along on your favorite pod player so that you will get updates when each episode goes live. So time or the apparent lack of it, that's a recurring theme for every teacher, right? We've all been there. We feel like the clock is against us. And it's not just about managing the hours that we have. We explored this in episode 74. It's so much deeper and it's an issue that's tied to really the sheer volume of our workload. This intensity can inadvertently turn us into these workaholics. We're constantly chasing the clock in the profession where, you know, the to-do list never seems to shrink. So last week we took a step back. We really examined this whirlwind. We discussed how to reclaim the reins in teaching and we pinpointed the five areas where we can assert control immediately. But really that's just the beginning. Today, what we want to do is delve deeper into the practical strategies that can not only help us manage, but actually create more time within our hectic schedules. I want to explore how we really shift from being reactive 
to proactive and how to transform our relationship with time from one that's scarcity to more of abundance. In Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, he talks about Parkinson's Law. And this is a principle that states work expands to fill the time available for its completion. And so what happens is tasks tend to take longer to accomplish than necessary because we're unconsciously allowing them to fill up the available time. Think about it. How often have you set aside a whole week for grading only to find out it takes exactly that long? It's not that grading couldn't be done quicker. It's the time that we're allocating for these tasks that often stretches to fill the space that we give it. By understanding this law, we can start to see the power that we have over our schedules. If we give ourselves two days to complete a task, it's going to take two days. But what if we only gave ourselves three hours? This isn't about rushing through our workload, but it's about setting intentional, realistic deadlines that really push us to be more efficient and more focused. When we have a deadline or a specific amount of time to complete a task, we tend to stretch that work to fill that time frame, even if the task could be done quicker. One, because this principle really leads to procrastination. If we're given a week to complete a project, we might postpone starting it until closer to the deadline, which results in last minute rush. This is leading us to inefficiency and wasted time. Unnecessary delays, extended timeframes, those are counterproductive. So if you're giving yourself unlimited time, you're not going to have the incentive to use effort to get it done quickly. Best way I can just think of this is my husband and his word working. Um, One of my friends had this Halloween-inspired wedding, and she wanted a till-death-do-us-part theme. And so she asked my husband, she's like, create a wooden arch in the shape of a coffin. So this was, I guess, February, and he began the project in March. He knew it had to be done by October. And while he pittered with it for five months, the bulk of the work that he did was literally done within a week time span because he knew he had to get it done. So the same goes for grading or at least how it worked out for me. Like I would have nine weeks to get grading done and I would put it off to the last minute and get it all done the last week before grades were actually due. So instead of giving yourself this unlimited time to do things, you have to set those boundaries in place to really protect your time. This not only increases our focus and our efficiency, but it's also freeing up our time that we can use to recharge and engage with our lives outside of work. So how can we apply this? Well, number one, we need to set strict time limits. Allocate a specific time block for tasks like grading papers or lesson planning and really commit to finishing within that set time frame. Knowing that you have a limited time is increasing that focus and that efficiency. Number two is to use timers. Utilize those timers or productivity apps to keep yourself on track. Um, For instance, I use a Pomodoro timer on my Chrome extension, and it just allows me to dedicate that 25 minutes to a task and then take a five-minute break. And this cycle really maintains that productivity. Number three is to actually prioritize the tasks. But How do we decide which tasks to allocate our limited time to? Not all tasks are equally important. They're really not. You guys have probably said, oh, there's so many emails in my inbox right now. 80% of the emails that you get are not important. There, I said it. I don't know. I don't care who it's coming from. 
you likely have 100 emails and only 20% are relevant to what you actually need to spend time on. There's probably some random newsletter in there from Target, like how did that get to your work email? We'll never know. Hit that unsubscribe button. You probably have emails from there and there from somebody who hit reply all. That's rude. That's an email that probably had nothing to do with you. And so instead of checking your email 15 times a day, there needs to be a simpler system in place where you're only checking it once a day or twice a day at most. If there's anybody at your school who needs to contact you, they can come find you. They can pick up a phone and call you. Simple as that. This is where we want to start using what is called the Pareto principle. So we talked about Parkinson's, but then there's the Pareto. So really, this principle tells us that roughly 80% of results come from just 20% of our efforts. Imagine the possibilities with that. When we can identify the most impactful tasks and we can focus on those, we create more time for ourselves and reduce that burnout-inducing workload. So if you're a perfectionistic teacher like we talked about back in episode 70, Take this as your permission slip that it does not matter how much time you spend or how perfect you get it, 20% of the effort is tailoring the 80% of results. So we talked about Parkinson's law. Now this is Pareto. So what we want to do is we want to pinpoint the vital few. We want to prioritize those at the top of our daily tasks. These tasks deserve our primary focus and attention. So what are those tasks? For your classroom. Write that down. Ensure that you allocate your energy and your time to those high impact tasks first, because we are often prioritizing everything because it feels like a priority. And if we're completely honest, not everything is a priority. Remember, it's about quality, not quantity. Prioritizing tasks based on this Pareto principle that's allowing you to achieve more meaningful outcomes with less effort, really ultimately just reducing that burnout and increasing your job satisfaction. These two principles are the first steps to simplifying your workload and systemizing your workload. Find those top priority tasks as a teacher. What are those 20%? Find the block of time in your day. Set that strict time limit. Use a Pomodoro timer if you need to. It's really eye-opening what a timer can actually do for your productivity. And then commit to getting it done in that time period. It's about working smarter, not harder, and get those things done as a teacher that we actually need to do. Parkinson's Law can be a real game changer, especially in teaching where that to-do list seems endless. But It's about setting those boundaries and creating a sense of urgency that can really lead to more efficiency. If you're one of those teachers last week who said, well, I don't really know what I can control when it comes down to my task, it is so liberating to hone in on that 20% that really moves the needle forward in your class. So I'm challenging you right now, write down those top priority tasks as a teacher, and once you've written those down, come share them in the Resilient Teacher community. And if you're not over there, come join us. It's teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash support squad. It's completely free. And we're going to be doing a special event over there that I'm going to share later about in the series. Either way, write them down, come post them in the community for accountability. And I want you to see what other teachers' priorities are too. It's going to open your eyes. This might just be the thing that you need to see to realize that all of these tasks that you are putting on your to-do list, they're not in fact a priority. 
that that's where we can simplify. Speaking of to-do lists, in the next episode in the series coming on Friday of this week, we're going to be talking about moving you from this chronic obsession with to-do lists and helping you transition into these repeatable and automated systems. So if you have a teacher friend who is struggling, just don't have enough time to get it all done or just with get some value out of hearing this too, please do share this episode with them. Grab the links and the text, share it on your socials. I would love for them to take a listen as well. My goal is to help as many teachers as possible realize that they can actually thrive as educators and live their best lives inside and outside of the classroom. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tell me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.